Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 576, recorded live on Saturday, October 27th, 2018. And here are your hosts, the man who is going to be busy for the second half of November, Dave Pillay. Hi. And the man who is going to be busy for the first half of November, Andy Lowe. Hi. Uh oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh oh. What's uh, what? I know what's happening. The second half. Uh, I'm I'm going to be leaving the country for a while. What's happening the first half of November? Well, next weekend, uh, Brian and Beth are uh, coming out to visit. Neat. So they will be here over the weekend. Yeah. And then uh, starting on the eighth. Yeah, the eighth. Um, we will be leaving to drive down to North Carolina and, on the way, stop and visit uh, Hans. Cool. What's in North Carolina? A uh, cat. Ah, so this is just like two weeks of hanging out with friends. Mm-hmm. That's pretty awesome. With a little bit of work thrown in the middle there. Ah, uh, well, right. So like the fifth, sixth, seventh. Yes, and then I'm gonna get. We're gonna get back on the 13th. Uh, my boss is gonna be in town that week, so I'm gonna be with him for the 14th and the 15th, and then the 16th there is the uh, conference up in Lansing. Uh huh. That I do every year. So. And then the 17th, when we would normally record. Mm-hmm. Hang on. Uh, let me see if I can find when I'm not here anymore. You have ceased to be in Wisconsin. No, there, yeah. Uh, Find your flights. I leave on the 15th. So, basically. (laughs) So, the 18th, 19th, 20th is out. Uh, The 27th, I'll be back. So, you're going to be gone the weekend of the 17th and the weekend of the 24th. No, the weekend of the 24th? Andy, the 24th is a Wednesday. No. I'm looking at October. Yes. We leave the 15th, so we'll be on the weekend of the 17th, and we get back on the 25th. So, Wednesday recordings? <laughs> oh, God. We'll, we'll work something out. Either yeah. we will just take a month hiatus, or <laughs> All right, we'll record on. some other time. Let me let me see how many episodes we have that I haven't actually. Uh, random topics podcast. The last one we touched was four eighty five. So helpful if I actually I uh, see all right VLC. Tell me what I want to know. We have eighty nine episodes in the can. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, if I start working we, we on them now, yes, I could probably. <laughs> so a, a slight hiatus, mm-hmm. but with random topics. Yes, I think. Okay. That's not too bad. Uh, yeah, we have six hours and four minutes of random Roughly. topic audio. Yeah. I, I assume that's a rough estimate. Uh, no, that is literally six hours and four minutes, according to VLC, because I put all the random topics into a playlist. Smart, man. Oh, oh, good job. All right. 
Well done, sir. Well done. Well, this is why Andy handles the audio. <laughs> well, I just assume that if I hear you typing while this is going on, you're typing to Dave, but I guess you're not. Okay. I'm not. I have other friends. All right. <laughs> Yes, she does. Yes, she does. So, cool. Well, that sounds awesome. Now I'm kind of tempted to, like, take a day trip out next weekend. Day trip is a little much. Going out to, to Kalamazoo for, like, dinner, not not so much. But, like, huh. Yeah, that, that'd, we'll be, that'd be a, a lot. That'd be eight hours of driving. Yeah. Andy's rule of travel. Mm-hmm. You have to be there for at least as long as you're going to be driving. Yes. Okay. Well, I feel like I feel like that's a good rule of thumb. It is. I mean, there there are definitely exceptions. Which yes. Is why it's just the rule of thumb. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Because like I'll drive to Milwaukee for fewer than three hours. <clears throat> so did you hear about the baseball game last night? Seven hours and twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. A single. Baseball game. Yes. And it had to be in the World Series. Yes. So the people who went to the game, these poor, poor people who went going like, all right, World Series baseball game, seven and a half hours. My favorite. When you go to a baseball game, Andy, how long do you expect to be there? Uh, Three and a half to four and that includes like walking in, finding your seat, sitting down, and the time to actually get back to your car after the game is over. Okay. So really it was just like they went and saw a doubleheader. Yes, literally because it was 18 innings. Oh my god. Somebody score. Come on, guys. <laughs> and there can't be a tie in baseball. Oh nope. no. At that point, it's not baseball. It's just endurance. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No. Like it's it's just who's going to get tired first. Oh, yeah. No. The, the fun bit, though, also was the fact that because they were playing at Dodger Stadium out in California, they had to play by National League rules, which means the pitchers mm-hmm. had to hit. All right. Which normally, you know, normally during a normal game, if you're thinking about, OK, you know, Pitcher's been in for about six innings. We're going to plan on bringing a new pitcher in, so we'll have somebody else pinch hit for the pitcher. But then that uses up a player, and your bench only has X number of players available. So now, like, the pitchers actually had to hit because they had no idea how long, you know, the pitchers were going to be in there. There was a relief pitcher, a relief pitcher who pitched seven innings. That is not a normal thing. No, that is not. The, the relief pitcher usually does not pitch for seven full innings. <laughs> no. <laughs> Man, I feel bad for those guys today. Yeah, because they got to turn around and play a, a game today. But I'm just saying, like, how sore would you be having done, like, seven or, uh, I guess the other one did, what, like, 12 innings? Mm-hmm. It was 18 innings? 18 innings. And the relief pitcher did seven? Yes. So the pitcher did 12 innings. Well, no, no, there were other pitchers that came in there, but for the Red Sox, one of their pitchers did seven innings. There were 46 people who came into that game in some capacity. 
And which baseball is nine players, right? Yes, on the field at one time. But your bench yeah. can be, it looks like, bigger than normal according to the postseason. <laughs> so, you know what's funny, though? Because the Dodgers won. Yeah. They force at least a game five on oh. Sunday. Oops. Well, no, no, no. Because on Sunday, the Dodgers are going to be playing the Red Sox in L.A. Mm-hmm. The... L.A. Kings, the hockey team, will be playing in L.A. The L.A. Clippers will be playing in L.A. on Sunday. Going to be a busy day in L.A. The Anaheim Ducks are going to be playing in Anaheim, which is, you know, L.A. L.A. The L.A. Rams are going to be playing in L.A. on Sunday. And just for, you know, a little sprinkle on top, the L.A. Galaxy soccer team is going to be playing in L.A. Is there Sunday. a professional sports stadium in L.A. that is not getting used? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> Wait, did you say yes to the Lakers? Uh, no, the Lakers will not be playing. Okay, so at least, like, Staples Arena <laughs> won't have anyone there. Well, who plays in the Staples Center? It's the Lakers, the, isn't it? Yeah, and the Clippers. Oh, okay, so the Clippers will play. <clears throat> Where the heck are the Kings? I thought the Kings were in the Staples Center as well. Well, not if the Clippers are there. <laughs> That'd be really awkward. How how does that work? LA Clippers. How? Let's just see. Schedule. Tomorrow, 9.30 p.m. at the Staples Center. Okay, here we go. Let's see. LA Kings. LA Kings. Tomorrow, 3.30 p.m. at the Staples. Wait, what? Hockey is at 3.30 p.m. at the Staples. How many things does the Staples Center have? Is it like the L.A. or is it like the Little Caesars Arena? Um, I, I thought it was just one big arena because that's where they do uh, the convention center. Like, that's E3. So wait, how is this going to work? Um, they will play a game and then get out. Or there's going to be some really confused fans. <laughs> so. Oh, there's also a Bruno Mars thing live in concert tonight at the staples center at the staples center how is that supposed to how does that work now now i just want to go to the staples center and just be like how are you guys gonna do this you really don't like the staples well go look it up on google maps yeah i'm doing that right now (laughs) of course you are no it's just a big it's one big arena yeah like well, I, I guess the Staples Center is actually like that whole complex. So there's the big arena, but there's also the building directly next to it. Which is the L.A. Convention Center. Never mind. <clears throat> yeah, so I told Kate, like, hey, you know, all these teams are going to be playing at this, you know, basically on the same Sunday. And Kate's like, mm-hmm. ooh, Uber surge pricing. All day. All day. All day. <laughs> it's not even a surge price. It's just like Uber's price yeah. for the day. And LA Skyline's got nothing on Chicago. Mountains are nice. <laughs> 538 did a study of how to actually visit all the games. Yeah. You can't easily do that. <clears throat> <laughs> huh. Okay, so yeah, here we go. Speak so this, yeah, this is what you would have to do. King's game starts first, 12.30 p.m. puck drop at the Staples Center. Then you have to leave 
and drive down the 110 to get to the LA Coliseum for the Rams Packers kickoff at 125. Uh, then you'd have to quickly leave that in order to catch the second half of the Galaxy Dynamo match uh, at the StubHub Center in Carson. After that ends, you take the 91 East to reach the Anaheim Hockey Honda Center for the Duck Shark game. And then um, you need to quickly then <laughs> drive back up the uh, highway, up the f- uh, I-5, to catch the Game 5 of the World Series. At some point, then you'll need to drive the 15 more minutes from Dodger Stadium back down the 110, back to the Staples Center for the Clippers-Wizards game, which tips off at 6.30. That's a lot of driving. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to stay for most of the games, right? Like, you'd be there for the first couple minutes. Yeah. I wonder if ESPN's going to get somebody to do that. Because they've done that a couple of times where, you know, the days where they, um, where all four me- major sports teams are playing a game at the same time. I remember they did that on uh, 2001. Yeah, we, we talked about that, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, yeah. Like, just two weeks ago. Well, it's <clears throat> happening again, but this time it's all in the same city, so this one should be easy <laughs> for them. Just going one, two, three, four, five... How many games was it? Like six different games? Six different games, yeah. <clears throat> Man, that's just a lot of sports teams. Mm-hmm. That's just crazy. So, that's our sports topic for the week. <laughs> yep. At sports, that's uh, rabbit hole number one. Mm-hmm. Right, looking at the Staples Center. Um, and all of that from... Well, not entirely from from us not being able to record most of next month. Because you asked about the game last night. Yes. So that was the sports. Yes. We can transfer this, though, to a topic. Can we? Yes. Hang on. I want to look up when Michigan is playing today while we're on the topic of sports. Uh, They are not playing today. Today's their off week. Okay. Eastern's playing today, though. Who is Eastern playing? Uh... One sec, I can tell you. Oh, they're playing Army right now as we speak. Are they winning? No. Then that's unfortunate. Yeah. Minute 35 left in the second quarter. Army is up nine to nothing. <clears throat> so we'll see how this goes. Yeah. But anyway. That Cal- is. So what, what um, topic do you have for us? Uh, California, staying out west. Okay. Um, we're, we're linking our topics geographically. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Because uh, we talked about California signing that net neutrality into law. Yes. Which it was supposed and to... subsequently getting sued by everyone. <laughs> yes. Like, literally the entire broadband industry. And the Department of Justice. On behalf of the FCC? Uh, not. I don't think on behalf of the FCC. I think it was just... Okay, because remember, the FCC was out there saying, like, no, you can't do this, but also we don't have the authority to do this either. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, the Trump administration claims that California law is preempted by the FCC's repeal of net neutrality rules. Okay. Yeah, even though the FCC is like, well, we, the reason why we repealed this is because we can't actually enforce this. So, uh, California has agreed to not let the law um, go into effect until after 
the litigation is over. Oh my god, I want to punch pie in the mouth. I'm pleased that California has agreed not to enforce its onerous internet regulations. The substantial concession reflects the strength of the case made by the U.S. earlier this month. It also demonstrates, contrary to the claim of the law supporters, that there's no urgent problem that these regulations are needed to address. Indeed, California's agreement not only to... Uh, Agreement not to enforce these regulations will allow Californians to continue to enjoy free data plans that have proven to be popular among consumers. Stop. <clears throat> I further argued California's law is illegal because the Internet is inherently an interstate information service. Like, you know, a public utility? <laughs> Commenter is pointing out that, like, popular amongst um, amongst consumers and no other choices aren't the same thing. Yeah. They're popular because they're your only option. Like, that'll make them popular. People got to use the Internet, man. Yeah, people, people you know, the, <laughs> the Earth is a very popular place to live because... We have no other options. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good way of putting it. I like it. You know what's really popular? Getting a job. Yeah. Getting a job is super popular. Oh, all right. Well, thanks for um, starting my day off, Andy. I'm, I'm sorry, but that's that's the way it is. At least, you know. Yep. We'll see. I mean, good on good on California for like holding off until this is resolved. We get that going back and forth with laws is a pain. Um, someone did a study. Actually, several people have now done studies, by the way, on the comments from the FCC's proposal. Oh, and I bet you they're like ninety percent fake. Um, yeah, and of the ones that are truly unique where it wasn't generated from a form or posted automatically. Anyone where someone actually took the time to enter information, mm-hmm. 98% of them favored net neutrality. Well, of course. Just just let that sink in. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, 98% favored net neutrality. All of the other ones were, were just automated bullshit. Ugh, makes me so angry. Granted, that was on both sides because the... Uh Oh, yeah. Oh, believe me, I, I saw that there were ones that were, like, automated from the pro-net neutrality side. Mm-hmm. I def, like, you could do a search for certain things, and you'd find 8 million different posts that were all the same thing. They were exactly the same text. There were more of those automated bullshit ones from the, um, um, the, the um, against the anti-side. Like, the, the percentage of that was higher. And the I lost my train of thought. I'm trying to bring it back, trying to bring it back. Um, Oh, the the anti-net neutrality was the one that was like faking people Mm -hmm. and and posting as dead people, which, you know, not so good. So, yeah, uh, I think I just saw that Vermont is also planning on doing California's implementation and they are also being sued into oblivion by the entire industry. Mm-hmm. So that's a thing. Um, 
should we pivot since we're over on the the west coast should we pivot to our tesla stuff might as well since you know most of that's chilling out there we got like so much of it here do you want tesla or spacex uh let's hit the tesla topics first because there's a couple of those okay uh quarterlies came out for a lot of companies this last week Keeping in mind that publicly traded companies must disclose their finance, uh, their finances and financial statements every quarter, right? Yes. Until were we talking about Trump wanted to change that? Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what happens with that. Um, Tesla just had their quarterly report and earnings per share. Right. This is the the like key thing for for companies for public companies is the earnings per share because their job is to make money uh tesla's expected earnings per share was negative 19 cents the idea that they would be losing money tesla's reported earnings per share from quarter three of 2018 was two dollars and 90 cents oh they actually made money they made a lot of money well they earned money Yes, that quarter. <laughs> they earned money on one quarter. Yep, and their stock uh, went very high because of it. Well, yeah, because, it, well, their stock already was freaking high. Andy, have you been watching their stock? No, I've just been hearing everybody saying, you know, you need a short Tesla, you need a short Tesla, and it's like, mm, that's... Uh, yeah, well, back in, like... Early October, that may have been a good idea. But now, so in October 8th, this was right when Musk was like exploding and causing a lot of issues. And there was the announcement that they were going to get investigated by the SEC uh, for market manipulation. Their stock was down to $260. $250, actually. Their stock is now $327 per share. That's pretty close to their year high right um year high is 370 380 oh okay sorry so I, 50 I missed... bucks to go but still like a lot yeah yeah no they they actually profited this this quarter they made a profit earnings per share is the profit oh okay so they actually made money <laughs> yeah not just saying oh yeah no we had a, all this in revenue and then you know no 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 earnings per share is profit okay so a lot they made a fair amount uh now that said that's the quarter yes just the quarter that doesn't mean anything for the long-term survival of the company this is the problem with quarterly reporting this is one of the reasons why donald trump is saying that well they shouldn't have to report every quarter and there are legitimate things behind that like companies can companies make choices because of quarters And so you'll see companies like not invest in themselves because it would lower their quarterly earnings. Because, yes, the Wall Street has a knee jerk reaction for numbers. Right. Be like, oh, no, quarterlies are down. Well, it's because, hey, we're going to build a new building and invest in that. We're spending a billion dollars on building the new, you know, manufacturing factory out in, was it Utah or Nevada? Nevada. Nevada. I think it's in Nevada. Nevada, Nevada. Yeah. Nevada, Nevada. I've always gone with Nevada. Hold on. Let me message somebody who was out there. <laughs> Cat. Yep. 
Nevada or Nevada? How do I, how would I type out Nevada? I got Nevada. Or uh, you say Nevada as in aggregate. Unless people also pronounce that aggregate. Is it Nevada or Nevada? As an ant. Nope, because you could have aunt. Nevanta? Well, I put add, like Nevada? add, like plus. Okay. That would, yeah, odd. We'll see what she says. Rabbit hole number two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. That's not too bad. Um, so anyway, yeah, they're, they're profitable. That's pretty exciting. Um, we'll see if they can continue that. Well, they're also being investigated by the FBI. Wait, what? Yep. The FBI is currently reviewing Tesla's Model 3 production numbers as part of a criminal probe. What? Why? How? Uh, they're looking into whether the company misled investors due to their production numbers. So the FBI says, no, there's no way you could have produced as many cars as you did. Well, he was trying to, yeah, they were trying to look at that to see if, you know, Tesla was misleading investors by giving them false production numbers. That would be pretty awful. Like, if if that's accurate, if they did that, that would be really sucky. (laughs) All right, here's what she said. Uh, Nevada with a long A in VAD, just like A in BA. Like like a sheep. Nevada. Nevada. Bah. Bah. Ah, bah. The sheep goes bah. Three little pigs go la la la. Andy? Yeah? Are you okay? Yes, no, it's just uh, three little pigs. It's the Tap moo- the microphone twice yeah. if you need help. Moo bah la la la. It's a book. Yep, moo bah la la la. Yeah, yeah, yep. I, I understand. My statement stands. Of tap the <laughs> microphone twice if you need help. Oh, I need help, but you're not going to be able to help me. Okay. <laughs> Professional help, Andy. Uh, so Tesla's getting investigated. Um, and the, oh God, which I'm, I'm losing track of all the departmental agencies at this point. The U.S. courts. So I guess that's the Department of Justice. Yes approved uh, Musk's settlement with the SEC. Yes. But now they are also providing the Department of Justice um, public statements regarding production numbers of its Model 3 sedan. So the Department of Justice is settled on one part, but now they're looking at another part. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Pivoting a little bit over to SpaceX... Because evidently this podcast has become the like weekly Musk update. Uh, It's got that musky aroma. Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. And I don't even want to talk about it. So what's up with SpaceX? No, I don't want to like I I, that. Ah, now I feel dirty. Wait, wait. They're launching a Falcon 9 for a third time. Yeah, that's that's indeed what the title of the article says. Oh, because it's a block five. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So remember, we've got the production blocks and we we have launched the final. I think we've launched the final block four. Yes. 
And They're, so now it's just the block fives. Yes, it is now just the block fives. Hold on, let me. And they were made my... to be even more robust. Yeah. Uh, and so now this block five has been launched twice and will be launched a third time, which is very exciting. Uh, intends to reuse a Falcon 9 rocket for the third time to launch a rideshare mission of dozen smaller satellites. Oh, okay, it's that one. So that's the uh, that's the Sherpa flight. <laughs> Is that what they're calling it? Yeah. Because it's getting a lot of smaller things up where they wouldn't be able to go otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the acronym is Sherpa. Don't tell me what it's, you know, I don't know what it stands for. It's one of those things where it's like, why you call that? It's called a backronym. Yeah. Somebody really wanted us to be called S.H.I.E.L.D. Yep. So that's, the well, that's nice. Yeah. All right, hang on. SpaceX. Sherpa. Sherpa. Whatever happened to Sherpa? Sherpa satellite missions. I'm looking. Spaceflight secondary. Nope, that's SSPS and Sherpa. Sherpa, 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 Sherpa. Where do they say what Sherpa is? They don't. Is it actually an acronym? I'm trying to find out. I don't even know. Spaceflight supplied Sherpa payload dispenser. Okay. Sherpa carrier. Well, what the frick does Sherpa stand for? I, I don't. I, okay, hang on. Sherpa acronym space. Nope, that's not it. That's not it. Sherpa is not an acronym. Well, then why is it all caps? Okay, so the Sherpa is built by Spaceflight Services. Sherpa is not an acronym. It was named as an homage to the Himalayan guides who lug stuff to the top of the world. Okay. It's in all caps, but it is not an acronym. Well, that's dumb. <sighs> I'm sorry, but if you put something in all caps, yep. it should be an acronym. So here's a funny thing. Kind okay. of funny. The company that I work for. Yeah. Spelled E-P-I-C, right? Yep. A lot of people write that in all caps. Don't know why, because it's not. It's like writing Microsoft in all caps. Like, why would why do you do that? I think they just assume, since it's so short, that it's an acronym and it's it's not huh. it's, it's not and anytime i see people write it in all caps especially in emails to me i get like no no don't do that that's that's not what it's supposed to be you see now at work we always have the other problem with that because our um our company name is midwest communications right okay people have you done Midwest Radio, which is not us. There's another company called that. Uh, Midwest Communications Radio, which that is sort of our website address, but that's also not our name. You know, MWC Radio, it's like, no, that's like an ATM machine. That also doesn't work. Or, no, MWCR Radio, and it's like, no. It's like, it, 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 people just can't get our name right. It's just two words. <laughs> just two words 
Very simple. Midwest Radio? Yes. No. MWR? Midwest Communications Incorporated is the... Ah. That's that's it. People and names, man. Okay. Uh, what else we got? Something about the Falcon Heavy? Yeah. So, SpaceX made the Falcon Heavy. Yep. Which is really just three Falcon 9s strapped together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it kind of sat there. Like, once they had it ready to go, people were like, okay, but, but the 9 does what we need. Why do we need the Heavy? And so there was actually a lot of concern that, like, was this really going to get used? And it turns out that, yes. Yes, it's going to get used. Holy crap, yes. A lot of people want to put a lot of stuff in space. Yeah, because I thought they were going to do a launch next year with it for, yep, there it is, ArabSat 6A. So, yeah, there's a number of missions that are, are getting scheduled and more are coming. Yeah, because you're going um, to need a lot of power to get stuff in geosynchronous uh, orbit. Yep. So. Geostationary? Geosynchronous? I don't, does it matter? Not sure. I wonder where where the tesla car is <laughs> spacex tesla heavy roadster there was a tracker for it mm-hmm. where is starman where is roadster.com yep just saw it myself oh it's outside uh, mars right now well i mean it was a long time ago wasn't it i think so yeah the car is 1.662 astronomical units away from the sun. Well, it started at 1, so... <laughs> yeah, true. That's, that's not really a, like, major change there. <laughs> yep, he's just kind of out there. I wonder what his closest approach to Mars is or was or will be. Well, if you click the little, you know, orbiting icons there, it will actually start to... Uh, play it day at a time uh looks like 2020 maybe is when it gets closest yeah i just want to know when the next time it's going to loop back towards earth again oh, um, oh every year well yeah but oh looks like it's gonna get pretty dang close to mars on nine closest approach to mars on 10 6 2020 Okay. Closest approach to the sun on 2021. When's the closest approach to Earth? Ah, oh, we just missed it. <laughs> oh, well, that was a fun Did little we? animation to watch. Moving on, let's get off of, of Mr. Musk. Well, can we stay in space? Yes. I like space. Space is fun. Mm -hmm. Space is scary as shit, but space is fun. Well, uh, NASA fixed the Hubble Space Telescope. What? The the gyroscope? Yes. The one that, like, oh shit, this failed, and so now we can't use the redundancy because we need to keep it in reserve for when the next one fails. Yes. They fixed it. Yes. But they can't go to it. No. But they did. How did they fix it? Basically by turning it off and turning it back on again. <laughs> you're, you're, you're kidding, right? 
the that's the number number two solution to a technical problem. Did you try rebooting it? I, I what? What? <laughs> yeah, ground operators put the telescope into a stable configuration earlier this month after one of the active gyroscopes to help. Yeah, we reported that. Yeah. So they turned it off, and then it just started working again. A series of maneuvers, including turns in the opposite direction, seem to have cleared any blockage in the gyroscope itself. Uh, on October 19th, the operation team commanded Hubble to perform additional maneuvers in gyro mode switches, which appeared to have cleared the issue. Gyro rates now look normal in both high and low mode. So they just spun it around, <laughs> just kind of shook it up a little bit, and now it starts working again? <laughs> I just, just, I, how many millions upon millions of dollars did that reboot just save? <laughs> how, like, how far behind, how much research can be done because a reboot worked? Yeah. Just, oh my god, that's amazing. I love it. I love it. That's so cool. Well, it's just, oh, there's a problem with the fluid. Let's just shake it up a little bit. Let's just spin yeah, it around, yeah. see if just, we can... Just, you know, do this. And yeah. Oh, hey, look, it works now. <laughs> well, in that case, kudos to the NASA engineers who designed it in the first place. Because that's, that's pretty impressive. Like, sometimes that doesn't work for my computer. Like, no. just turning it off and turning it on again. Someone did once explain, like, when you ask, why does rebooting work? And someone once explained that, like, well, when a computer is actually turning on, the very first thing it does is a crap ton of error checks just to make sure that everything is where it should be. And it tries to fix those while it's still warming up. And it's much easier to fix them and, and handle them as it is turning on than while it is in use. Do you remember when computers used to beep? Yes. When you would turn them on? Mm-hmm. I miss that. Our uh, automation servers still do that. Yeah? Yep. They go... Do you have the beep codes somewhere? Uh, no, but it's just, you know, it's one of those things like, oh, all right, so the computer has already restarted itself. So that's yep. good. Beep codes are awesome. Especially, yeah, when you're trying to figure out something like, hey, you know, is this an issue with their graphics card or not? If you can't, you know see the screen then you know so what else we got uh microsoft okay and microsoft and github okay so we reported a while ago about microsoft wanting github and then everyone going like oh my god microsoft is going to steal my code and then recognizing that you open sourced your code so yes <laughs> like that's that's actually not really a thing you, you put your code open source, so it's out there. But anyway, uh, people just kind of worried about Microsoft trying to take over the world again, like they did with Internet Explorer. So it went through a lot of regulatory examination and a lot of anti-competitive examination, and uh, it has passed its final regulatory hurdle. So Microsoft has acquired GitHub. Oh, good. Seven and a half billion dollars. Okay. That's so much money. Yep. Um, but we'll see what happens. I mean, Microsoft, actually, I, I would not have expected this, uh, but Microsoft has posted 
a lot of stuff to GitHub. Well, that's good, right? Yeah, but, but like if you go to GitHub and you search for Microsoft, there's there's like tons of stuff out there. Hmm. So Microsoft has stuff. Uh, actually, surprisingly, other companies. Netflix has posted things to GitHub. Really? Yeah. Essentially, like any any um like Skunkworks small application that these companies are building, they're just dropping them onto GitHub. Hmm. So Netflix has things called like Netflix Spectator, which is a library for instrumenting code to record dimensional time series, whatever the hell that means. Uh, suppose we want to have a server keep track of things like the number of requests received and the latency and the summary of response sizes. Boom. Here's a library that can get you this information. Huh. Netflix's distributed data pipeline. What? That looks interesting. <laughs> uh, different KV storage engines. Wow. There's just a microservices orchestration <laughs> engine. What? Oh my god, it even has its own logo. This is this is the thing. Like these are software companies, right? And we know them for a piece of software, but like no, they have more than a piece of software. That's a really conductor. Yeah. Cuz it's an orchestration engine. Oh, okay. Ha 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 yeah, ha yeah, ha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The getting started guide. What the hell? Oh my god, there's a lot of stuff here. I don't even know what most of this stuff is for without having to dig deep into it. Um, yeah, so like, name a big software company and then go search them on GitHub and they probably have stuff there. Anyway, that's that's a thing. Microsoft has now completed their acquisition of GitHub. Hmm. What else do we have? Other little random thingies. Because, hey, guess that's that's us, right? Little random thingies. Um, Palm OS. You remember Palm, right? Yeah, back in the 90s. Yeah, they, like, pioneered PDAs and, and having a computer in your pocket and then got their asses handed to them. Launches tiny smartphone, really. Yep. It's a little companion. It's basically like teeny tiny little smartphone. Do we call it the Palm Palm? The Palm Palm? I, I don't think they're calling it that. Cost, it's called the Palm, and it costs 350 bucks for a tiny little screen. How are you going to type on that? Voice input is an option. But, like, that's small. What's the power behind this thing? 3.3 inch. Not even 3.5 inch. 3.3 inch. Uh, Qualcomm Snapdragon... 3 gig of RAM and a 800 milliamp hour battery. That is not a lot of battery power. USB-C, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, GPS, LTE. Huh. Okay. Okay. Um, Customize 8.1 Oreo. Interesting. Can it play Pokemon Go? <laughs> Could I just use this as my Pokemon Go device? Does have GPS. As long as it's got Wi-Fi and GPS, you could do it. IP68 dust and water resistance, so you can take it to the shower with you? Question mark. I I don't know. I I don't. This is just so weird. Yeah, it's just kind of messed up. But okay. 
Uh, anyway, I, I saw it and I thought that was cute and interesting. Yeah, but for 350 bucks. Yeah, I mean, if it came with, like, data, but it doesn't. Well, this is going to be exclusive to Verizon, and with Verizon number share, the phone can get your SMS messages and calls along with your main phone. So I can leave my phone in my pocket and use this as my phone. Do you think maybe phones are getting too big? Yes. <laughs> like, do you think maybe we if if the solution is make something that's way smaller that pairs with the big one, do you think maybe we we're doing this the wrong way? Well, this is it's kind of like the how the cell phones were before. You know, like remember when the when the Motorola Razor flip phone came out, it was like, you know, this is the smallest phone you can get. Yeah. So we've 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 run around. We've gone we started small and then we made a bigger, 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 and we've gone so far that now we're like, nope, tiny again, small, 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 bigger, 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 bigger. It it feels like it would be easier to flip this around and make the the like more expensive phone be the smaller one, but sell a screen that pairs with it. So that for those times where I want the screen, I take out the extra piece. Like if I had a tablet. That was just a a mirror for the phone so that I'm like, you know what? I want to watch a movie. I'll just pull out my phone's big screen. But you're, you know, it's, it's, it's like a smartwatch, just not a watch is what I'm, I'm, I'm thinking this is what we're going to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's pretty, it's actually a little more powerful than a smartwatch, but yeah, that's what it looks like. I'm just like kind of astonished. Okay. Well, uh, anything else you want to hit, or should we hit the randoms? Uh, probably the randoms. All right. Random review, it is your week. Okay, I'm trying something a little new, and it's I, I swear to you, it's not just because I don't have things to review. Uh, it's because the thing I want to review is huge. This is not a, like, I can sit down and play the game in an evening and get a good feel for it. So I am reviewing... Pathfinder Kingmaker Computer RPG. For reference, I have 16 hours on this game already. Now, 16 hours for some games is not a lot. 16 hours for other games is quite a bit. You can usually get a pretty good feel for uh, how a game operates in 16 hours, right? Would you agree? Yes. Like, if you play Assassin's Creed for 16 hours, you you know the game. I'm still in Act (laughs) 1. Okay. I am still in like the opening aspects of the game, just kind of growing and getting used to some of the mechanics and getting used to some of what's out there. Um, This is a game. It is a computer RPG. It was created by Owlcat Games and by Paizo. And Paizo is the company that does Pathfinder. Okay. And this was a Kickstarter. It was an incredibly successful Kickstarter. As I'm saying this, one of my friends just launched the game, so he's going to be playing it too. Um, And it's done by Chris Avalone. Do you know who that is, Andy? No idea. Chris Avalone is a a game designer and developer uh, who worked for Obsidian. Do you know who Obsidian is? Yes. Who is Obsidian? They were the guys who did Skyrim, right? That's Bethesda. Oh, shoot. Obsidian is the group that... Um, 
Interplay became. So these are the people who did Fallout 2 and Fallout New Vegas. Oh, yeah. These are the guys that did uh, Knights of the Old Republic, right? Yep. Okay. Uh, Chris Avalon was, was really like a huge part of that. He did um, Planescape Torment. He did uh, all the Baldur's Gate games. Like, he's got a, a really good pedigree of this type of game. He did Neverwinter Nights. He, so he's done tons of D&D games. And, you know, this is, a, this is based on D&D. It's Pathfinder. So he and, and Owlcat and Paizo got together and... Paizo publishes these adventure paths. They are six books long for you to play through and usually take you through like level one through level 15 or level one through level 18 with a maximum of level 20. Yeah. And so this is Kingmaker, the adventure path, and it is starting you at level one and you go through and you make a kingdom. You become this this baron and you get a barony and that barony grows and it's how do you interact with your neighbors and what are the stories that are around so that's the background of this. And it was this incredibly successful Kickstarter. People threw tons and tons and tons of money at it. And I loved reading some of the the early developer updates because one of the very first things they did for the developers who were going to work on this is they sat down and they had them make Pathfinder characters. And then they played Kingmaker. So they said, if you're going to be working on this, you need to understand what it's like. You need to understand what playing a tabletop RPG is like and and how the stories can grow organically from the gameplay and we need to allow for that and we need to have that. So what they made is a isometric RPG, uh, computer RPG, in the style of uh, Baldur's Gate or in the style of um, uh, the what's the new one? Pillars of Eternity is, is the new one. Um, and And he... And they put together a very well-designed game. And it's a great translation of the tabletop mechanics. They simplified certain things. So in Pathfinder, there's a number of skills, just like there is in Dungeons & Dragons 3rd Edition. And they took a, a lot of those and kind of combined them to make them a little easier. So instead of things like Escape Artist and Sleight of Hand and Bluff and all, you know, all these other, like, uh, they just made a skill called trickery and there's a skill for mobility. So that's kind of like the athletics and acrobatics. And so they, they simplified some things um, and they kept others. So the, the action economy of Pathfinder of having a, a move action and a standard action, and you can have a swift action and free actions. They brought, they kept all of that. Uh, one of the weird things they did, a, a decision that I'm, I'm kind of, still on the fence about, and I guess we'll see what happens as time goes on, is combat. In in Pathfinder and Dungeons & Dragons, combat is turn-based, right? It's rounds. Mm -hmm. In Kingmaker, it's real-time, but in rounds, but real-time. So sort of like so, a, that weird Final Fantasy, sort of? No. No? <laughs> like, kind of, but no. So... Each round, mechanically, in the game, is supposed to represent six seconds. So it does. So your, your, your characters have a six-second timer, and actions take time. So I want to attack. I can attack once every six seconds. 
I make my attack, and then the timer starts, and I can move around during that time. But if I'm moving around, that's taking the time, and so then I need to try and do other things. Casting spells takes time. So, kind of like the active time battle, um, but in Final Fantasy, you can also set it to be wait on the ATB, which is that when it's your turn, everything else stops. Um, it's, it's interesting. It's a lot of fun. It is hard. It is really, really hard. Like, really hard. But I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm liking it. Uh, I haven't gotten very far. I have died a lot of times. <laughs> I started playing it. It has a, a Iron Man mode, uh, which is you don't get to save. The game will save automatically. And once you die, game over. Oh, I died before I got out of the starting area. Oops. The tutorial killed me. <laughs> um, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it a lot. And I'm planning on, on doing more of these reviews as it grows and as I, I explore more of it. I still haven't even gotten to the, like, build yourself a kingdom aspect of it. Um, so that's that's going to be a, a set of reviews for the near future. Initial impressions are really good, though. Hmm. So what's the cost right now? Uh, that's a good question. I think it's like 40 bucks. Yep, 40 according to Steam. Yep. Well, you'll definitely get your money out of it. I'm looking at some of the reviews here are 110 hours. Yeah, and that's just for one playthrough. <laughs> yeah. there Because it's, it's an RPG, right? You can play it many different ways. It's Pathfinder. I'm playing a gnome bard right now, but if I went through and played it as like an orc barbarian, that's going to be really different. Yeah. So, okay, that's... Uh, so it's Pathfinder, just computer, and you're only by yourself, right? There's no multiplayer? Right, it's okay. not multiplayer. Gotcha, so this is like... If you're if you're over Skyrim, but you like your Pathfinder, it's it's if you want Pathfinder, right? If you want to play through in in a tabletop RPG, it's not as immersive as Skyrim because you are this party of of characters. You have a central character that is you, but you really have a party. Um, Skyrim is like I'd say Skyrim is immersive. Skyrim is being vicarious and being this this well the Dragonborn, but this is really fun. And the, the writing is top-notch. Okay. Well, dig another umpteen hours into it later, and then you can come back and be like, oh, you know, after putting literally days into this. Yep. Let me put it this way. It got me to move away from Factorio for a little while. What? I know. Crazy, right? Yeah, that is, that's, that's nuts. That, that should give you a level of, like, how much I'm enjoying this is I actually started playing this instead of Factorio. Well, okay then. All right. Yep. So that was random topic. Yep. Random topic. Roll ahead of time. Do you eat every color of starbursts? So again, this is similar to our Skittles question, right? Yes. And yes, again, this, this showed up after the Skittles question was asked. It, it has to come down to what do you mean when you say every color? I eat every color of the base Starburst package. Red, orange, yellow, pink. My question becomes, am I eating alone? Because, you know, if I just, you know, get some Starburst and I'm by myself, I will eat them all. 
if I am with Kate and I get my Starburst, Kate will get some of the Starburst. And I have a feeling that Kate would give me some of the Starburst as well. But but I don't, I don't think the question is like, will you eat the entire package? I think the question is, is there a color that you don't want? Well, I have, you know, I have colors that are higher priority than other colors. Yes, but are there colors that you don't eat? Uh, no. Okay. Unless, I, yeah, if I'm by myself, I eat it all. But that's the base package. That's the base Starburst, right? Because, oh, yeah. like, there's some other ones that are just not good. Hold on, let's let's pull up the varieties. Like, I don't like papaya and mango. I'd probably not eat those. Retro fruits, top, tropical, Baja California, sour, strawberry mix, berries and cream, very berry and fruit slushies. Uh, strawberry. Oh, but you know what I chill. do eat? What? You know what I eat a lot of? The Starburst jelly beans. Oh yeah, those are good. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> So funny story. So um uh sometime before Isaac was born, I'm guessing February before he was born. Uh Starburst I think around Valentine's Day comes out with an all pink bag. Yes, we actually have a bag of that right behind me. Yeah, no, uh started to try and eat those and I finally finished that bag I think last month. Nice. That's like a year and a half. Yeah. Okay. It's I I will go through a all pink bag in about two weeks. Really? I after a while it's like okay you know the Starburst are, I can only have so many Starbursts at one flavor. Time. Well of course yeah the best pink, flavor pink is the best flavor of course. Jeez. Oh, okay it's blue raspberry rush kiwi banana plum blueberry passion fruit blackberry raspberry strawberry banana mango melon tropical punch green apple I'm blue not raspberry. a fan of fake banana and passion fruit and mango. But, like, if someone puts one in my hand, I'll probably eat it. Lime? There's a lime one? I guess. In the U.S. and the U.K. <laughs> so, yes. The answer is yes. Any last words, then, Andy? No, I just need to find myself some lime Starburst now is what it, <laughs> what it needs to happen. Amazon.com lime Starburst. Not Lime Starbucks, Lime Starburst. Oh, it's Lime Coffee? <laughs> That's pretty gross. Yeah, that, that that would be pretty gross. Yep. All right, I will, uh, I think that's it then, sir. Yep. It's been a lot of fun, and see you in a month. <laughs> yep. That's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. <laughs>